Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Carabao Cup semi final second leg Arsenal versus Liverpool. Thursday, 20th of January 2022. Kickoff 7 45 pm. The contents. Official voice around Arsenal. Player feature, Bukaya Saka. Sustainability. History. Community voice. Arsenal women. Academy young gun. Around the academy. Visitors, Liverpool. Match action, Arsenal versus Man City. And teams. Official voice, Pat Rice. Every issue, we hear exclusively from significant figures at the club on our official voice pages of the programme. This issue, we feature club ambassador Pat Rice, who made more than 500 appearances for the first team before returning to the club as youth team coach, then assistant manager to Arsene Wenger. I was lucky enough to be involved in lots of big games against Liverpool as both a player and a coach but the one that springs to mind immediately is the FA Cup final from 1971. They were such a good side at the time, with players like Peter Thompson, Ian Callaghan, John Toshak and others, so it was a huge challenge to come up against them at that time. I was only a youngster myself, don't forget. That was my first season in the first team. My main memory from that day, to be honest, is from after the game. I was so exhausted that I couldn't face going up those Wembley steps to pick up my medal. I actually asked for our physio, George Wright, to collect it for me. Luckily enough, he talked me out of it and told me to collect my own medal, which I did. If you watch the video, though, you see me lagging behind everyone else on my way up. I was so tired because that was a really tough game, after extra time, and of course it was the end of a really long season too, when we managed to win the double for the first time. Arsenal versus Liverpool has always been a huge game down the years and there's usually something at stake when we play them. Liverpool are a really good side again at the present time. They're up there fighting for the title with Manchester City and Chelsea, as they have been for a few years. For me, this modern Liverpool side is all about their strength up front. When you play against them, you know you'll have to keep them quiet up front, because they have so many players that can change games that you expect them to be strong in attack. Then if you can do that, it's up to you to try to outscore them on the pitch. 
The first time we ever won this competition, back in 1987, we played a very strong Liverpool side in the final at Wembley and managed to get a 2-1 victory. That's a really nice memory for me as well, because I was the youth team coach at the time. And our team in that final included lots of the players that had come through the youth setup. There was Rocky and Michael Thomas, of course, but also Tony Adams, Martin Hayes, Niall Quinn, players like that who all stepped up. It's the old saying, if you're good enough, you're old enough. And they certainly were. They might have been young in years, but they didn't play like young lads. Their mental strengths and ability were not like other young players. They had all come up together. They all knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I'm not sure, but I imagine they all hung out together off the pitch too. I know they got on well, and I was just lucky to inherit that group into the youth team, really. When I look at the current Arsenal squad, I see something similar. And personally, I believe our young players have completely turned our season around. We've got young lads like Smith Rowe and Saka, both England internationals. And truthfully, when I watch them play, you would think they'd been around for 20 years. They're so mature on the pitch, and that's fantastic for Mikel to have players like that in the squad. Of course, first of all, these young players have got to have the talent. But to draw that talent out of them and help these guys reach their potential, you have to give credit to the coaches and the manager. They're the ones who give them the belief that they can actually go out there and do it. There's no doubt in my mind that they've been given a platform by the manager and now they're using it to perform. I remember as a coach and when Arsene was boss, we had some great young players, very talented, but you have to put them in the team to see how they will truly respond. I remember some lads we had. They looked amazing in training, loads of ability. But when you put them in the side, for some unknown reason, they would freeze. That's when you need to really get to know the player. Know what they're like, talk to them. Is he a bit sensitive maybe? Has he responded badly to criticism perhaps? That drives some players on, but everyone is different and it's about getting the best out of every individual. I was lucky when I came through. I had people like Frank McClintock, Peter Simpson, Bob Wilson and Geordie Armstrong around me and they had all come up the Arsenal way as well so they were able to tell me what was expected of me and what it means to play at this club. That's what we're seeing at the moment as well. Some of these players have been at the club a few years now, whether that was at Hale End, and by the time they make it to the first team, they know how things work and also what type of football we like to play. It might look like an overnight success for some of these young players, but there is years and years of work gone in behind that, and for that you have to give credit to the coaching staff. As a young player breaking through, the first thing you have to do is prove to yourself that you can perform well. Once that starts to happen, you grow in confidence. Now when you watch this team play, you can see these boys have got that confidence in abundance. At that age, all you're really thinking about is whether you can get in the team and worrying about your own performance. I think it helps if there are a few of you at the same age coming through together as well. It did when I was coming through. It helps more with after training and after games when you can hang around together. There seems to be a terrific team spirit in this squad. I get to as many games as I can. I'm a big fan and that will never change. I started off as a schoolboy in shorts hanging around Highbury all the time and I'm back to that now, just without the shorts. But I was here for our last game at Emirates, of course, against Manchester City on New Year's Day. That was so disappointing in the end, but I must say the first half was the best 45 minutes that I've seen this side produce yet. I felt that they were absolutely brilliant Sometimes the ball rolls for you and sometimes it doesn't. 
Unfortunately, it didn't for us against City, but we should take plenty from it. We saw the players and the supporters really come together in the stadium, which is how it should be, and we saw how the team responded. It's the first time I've seen the players that disappointed and on their backs at the end of the game, which tells you they know they could have got something from that game. Now they're close to getting to Wembley and the chance to win another trophy for this club. I mentioned the win in 1987, and that was really important in laying the foundation for what was to come in the following years under George Graham. And I truly believe that winning that first trophy as a young group of players is crucial to get something started. The coaches and manager can tell the players all the time that they believe in them, but when they actually lift that first trophy, then they can see it for themselves, and it makes a huge difference. And I've seen enough to know that this team can do just that. We have got players who are really, really good for their age. I mean, unbelievably good for their age. I've seen what it takes to win trophies, and I really believe this group has got that. When you get to a semi-final, you've got that chance, and I'm really hoping and believing they can go all the way. Around Arsenal The lead photograph has the caption Arsenal through and through Leah has committed her future to Arsenal Leah signs new contract There was some great news for Arsenal women last week as Leah Williamson signed a new contract at the club she has proudly called home since joining our academy at the age of nine Now 24 Leah worked her way up through the youth ranks before making her first team debut in 2014. She has since established herself as a key figure in the team, delivering commanding performances in defence and becoming a true fan favourite. Leah has made 179 appearances and scored 13 goals to date, helping the club to win the 2018-19 WSL, two Continental Cups and two FA Cups. She has also won 24 caps for England, captaining the team four times. Said Leah, It's a dream come true. It was a dream come true the first time I signed here, and the feeling hasn't changed. I'm as grateful as ever to have the opportunity to do what I do here, at home, and I'm very proud to continue to represent my family playing for Arsenal and to wear the badge. It's wonderful news that Leah has signed a new deal, added head coach Jonas Eideville. As well as being a key player for us right now, she is also an integral part of our plans for the future. A player for us to build Arsenal around and show the young women in our academy what can be achieved through hard work, dedication and passion. I know Leah has a special bond with the fans too. It's so important for the supporters to identify with the players, and they certainly have that in Leah. A lifelong Gunners fan, Leah made her Arsenal debut as a substitute for Rachel Yankee during the Gunners Champions League quarter-final against Birmingham City on March thirtieth, 2014. Her WSL debut followed on April sixteenth against Knott County, and the 17-year-old landed her first silverware six weeks later when she came off the bench during Arsenal's 2-0 FA Cup final win over Everton. Leah said, Growing up watching Arsenal, the emotion of watching my heroes and seeing how good they were, all I've ever wanted is to be worthy of wearing the same badge as them and doing my best for the club. I never will be able to replicate what they did for the club, 
but I want to help get us back on track to achieving the success that they did. Charlie's dream debut. At our last Carabao Cup match at the Emirates, there was a very special first-team debut for 18-year-old Charlie Patino. Taking to the field on 78 minutes, Charlie looked assured during his brief cameo, and then Niklas Pepe slipped the ball into the box where the onrushing Patino steered a left-foot shot home. Cue the youngster's name ringing around the ground. Mikel Arteta said after the game, it was a beautiful moment. He's a kid coming through our system, a lovely kid. He's training with us almost every week. It was a dream. As a debut to come here to score in front of our fans, a really special moment. And Mikel heard the fans singing his name from the stands. I think that is very positive. They heard about him and know what he can become. And now we have to cook him slowly. Today was a good start. Did you know, Charlie became the 886th player to represent Arsenal's first team. He's the first academy player to score on his debut since Sanchez Watt versus West Bromwich Albion in 2009. No player with a higher squad number 87 has ever scored for Arsenal. Ref Watch. Tonight's referee is Martin Atkinson. The West Yorkshire Whistler has presided over two Arsenal games this season, the 5-0 defeat at Manchester City at the start of the season and the 3-2 defeat at Old Trafford. Let's hope Martin doesn't make it an unwanted hat-trick this evening. Nico on the mark. Nicolas Pepe was on the score sheet for Ivory Coast against Sierra Leone on Sunday, but his team were frustrated by an injury team equaliser in a 2-2 draw. At time of going to print, his team looked well-placed to qualify for the last 16 with four points from two games, topping Group E. Mo Elneny was involved in Egypt's first two games in the competition, a defeat to Nigeria and a win over Guinea-Bissau. Tomasz Party played both matches in a difficult start to the competition for Ghana, losing to Morocco before earning a draw against Gabon, for whom Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has not been available for either match. They also beat the Comoros Islands due to the effects of Covid. Lastly, Omar Rekic played nine minutes of Tunisia's 4-0 win over Mauritania. The Eagles of Carthage had lost their first match against Mali. The top two teams from the six groups will go through to the last 16, along with the four best third-place teams, which starts this Sunday, January the 23rd. Ticket News Home Arsenal vs Burnley, Premier League, Sunday, January the 23rd, kick-off 2pm. This is a Category C fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 200 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are now on sale to all current silver, red, purple, Canon and junior gunner members only. Arsenal vs Brentford Premier League, Saturday, February the 19th, kick-off 3pm. This is a Category C fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 200 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture. Tickets are now on sale to all current silver, purple, Canon and junior gunner members only. Arsenal vs Leicester City Premier League, Saturday, March the 12th, kick-off, 3pm. This is a Category B fixture. My Arsenal Rewards members will earn 100 points for each ticket purchased for this fixture.
Tickets are now on sale to all current Silver, Purple, Canon and Junior Gunner members only. An allocation of tickets will go on sale to Red members at 10am on Wednesday, January the 26th. Booking fees apply. Away. Wolverhampton Wanderers vs Arsenal. Molyneux, Premier League, Thursday, February the 10th, kick-off, 7.45pm. All priority booking periods have now expired. Please can members with less than 30-plus away points go to the Ticket News section of arsenal.com regarding a possible further priority booking period. Helping Hand Although player visits were sadly not possible this year, the club were still able to spread some festive cheer by delivering sacks of toys and Arsenal goodies for the children who would be impatient at four local hospitals over Christmas. We were met outside by nurses from the children's wards who we were able to thank on behalf of the club for their hard work throughout this difficult year. We visited the Whittington, Islington, the Royal Free, Camden, Homerton, Hackney and Barnet Hospitals. In addition, we delivered Christmas presents to Ambler Primary School on Blackstock Road and Elwood Children's Centre, Highbury, which were given to local families identified as in need. We were also able to host a Christmas grotto at the hub for deserving children from four local primary schools, Drayton Park, Gillespie, Montem and Pakeman, which saw 15 children, the maximum permitted at any one time in the hub, from each school receive Christmas presents, a stadium tour and a football session on the pitch. Over the festive period, we also held a Christmas Day dinner at the hub for young people from Islington who have left the care system and Arsenal in the community staff also delivered Christmas food hampers from the His Church charity who we worked with during the pandemic to supply local food banks to care leavers who choose to remain at home. We also supported the Crisis at Christmas Homeless Shelter in Camden, as we have done in previous years. Special thanks go to Lynn Cheney, Peter Higgs, Connor O'Flaherty and Danny Starbuck and everyone in the Retail and Junior Gunners Department for arranging and donating all the Arsenal goodies. Let's hope that next Christmas we'll see a return to the traditional player visits. Congrats, Tomash and Gabriel. Congratulations to Gabriel and Tomish Party, both of whom made their 50th appearance for Arsenal in our last home match against Manchester City. Gabriel has started 48 of his 50 games and scored 5 goals. Tomash has started 40 of his matches and scored 1 goal so far for the club. Granite suspended tonight. Following his sending off in the first leg, Midfielder Granit Xhaka will miss this game as part of a two-match suspension, which will also include Sunday's match against Burnley. Congratulations, Eddie. Eddie Nketiah's fantastic hat-trick in the quarter-final of the competition against Sunderland won him the Carabao Cup Player of the Round, following a vote on Twitter. Congratulations, Eddie. Let's hope we'll be calling on your goals again tonight. Semi-final rules. If the aggregate score is the same after tonight's match reaches its conclusion, 30 minutes of extra time will be played. If the aggregate score still can't be split after extra time, the tie will be decided by penalty kicks. The away goals rule is not used in the Carabao Cup semi-finals. League Cup semi-final record 
1967-68, Huddersfield, home, 3-2, Graham, Radford, McNabb. Second leg, Huddersfield, away, 3-1, Samuels, Jenkins, McClintock. 1968-69, Tottenham, home, 1-0, Radford. Second leg, Tottenham, away, 1-1, Radford. 1977-78, Liverpool, away, 1-2, MacDonald. Second leg, Liverpool, home, 0-0. 1982-83, Man United, home, 2-4, Nicholas Woodcock. Second leg, Man United, away, 1-2, Mead. 1986-87, Tottenham, home, 0-1. Second leg, Tottenham, away, 2-1, Anderson, Quinn. Replay, Tottenham, away, 2-1, Allenson, Rowcastle. 1987-88, Everton, away, 1-0, Groves. Second leg, Everton, home, 3-1, Thomas, Rowcastle, Smith. 1992-93, Crystal Palace, away, 3-1, Wright, Smith, 2. Second leg, Crystal Palace, home, 2-0, Linigan, Wright. 1995-96, Aston Villa, home, 2-2, Burkamp, 2. Second leg, Aston Villa, away, 0-0. 1997-98, Chelsea, home, 2-1, Overmars, Hughes. Second leg, Chelsea, away, 1-3, Burkamp. 2003-4, Middlesbrough, home, 0-1. Second leg, Middlesbrough, away, 1-2, Edu. 2005-6, Wigan Athletic, away, 0-1. Second leg, Wigan Athletic, home, 2-1, Henry Van Persie. 2006-7, Tottenham, away, 2-2, Batista, 2. Second leg, Tottenham, home, 3-1, Adebayo, Aladier, Chimbonda, Ungol. 2007-8, Tottenham, home, 1-1, Walcott. Second leg, Tottenham, away, 1-5, Adebayo. 2010-11, Ipswich Town, away, 0-1. Second leg, Ipswich Town, home, 3-0, Bentner, Koscielny, Fabregas. 2017-18, Chelsea, away, 0-0. Second leg, Chelsea, home, 2-1, Rudiger, on goal, Schalke. 2021-22, Liverpool, away, 0-0. Bukeo Saka, player feature. If I ever think I'll just enjoy my form, that improvement's going to stop. As we take on Liverpool in a mouth-watering Carabao Cup semi-final, Bukeo Saka reflects on his experiences in the competition and explains how the team have fought back from adversity this season. Words Andy Exley, Photography Stuart McFarlane, David Price The Carabao Cup, in all of its guises, has frequently been the competition where Arsenal's young talent first steps off the hale-end conveyor belt to taste first-team action. Charlie Patino being the perfect stunning example in our last match in the competition. It's something of a surprise, therefore, to consider that Bukayo Saka had already earned first-team minutes in the Premier League, FA Cup and the Europa League before he got the chance to shine in the League Cup. Which he did, in a 5-0 thumping of Nottingham Forest on September 24th, 2019, 
playing all of the second half, replacing Emil Smith-Rowe as the Gunners ran away with the game after being just 1-0 up at the break. Bukeo's peers, Gabriel Martinelli, Joe Willock and Reese Nelson all getting on the score sheet. Bukeo, who will make his eighth appearance in the competition if he's involved tonight, remembers the experience against Forrest fondly and most definitely appreciates the opportunities offered by the competition. I remember the Forest game, smiles B, doing a few dribbles and getting a few crosses in, and I just recall having fun. It was early in my career, and just really special to get the chance to play at the Emirates. The competition is really good for young players to get experience, says Bukeo, just 20 years old himself. It helped me, and it helped Emil too who got his first start for Arsenal's first team in the competition in 2018. And then Charlie got his chance in the last round. Many young players have had the chance in the past, and I'm sure loads more will in the future. Like Arsenal fans, Bukeo was thrilled to see Charlie Patino enjoy such a magical debut in the quarter-final against Sunderland, and also reveals that he's doing everything he can to help the 18-year-old as he begins his first team journey. Charlie must have been over the moon that day, says the fellow Hale End graduate. I remember how I felt when I made my debut, and I can't imagine what it was like scoring for him and his family. I'm so happy for him. He deserves it. I've been impressed with Charlie. He's a player with a lot of character, who likes to take risks. I'm trying to speak to him and give him advice, share how it was for me when I was just breaking into the team, and of course give him loads of encouragement every training session and help him to learn as much as possible. Character is something that Arsenal players needed after going down on penalties to Liverpool following a 5-5 draw in the League Cup two seasons ago, and showed it in spades when they reversed the spot-kick agony last season after a 0-0 draw and Bukeo, speaking before our superb goalless draw at Anfield last week, can see another entertaining affair playing out tonight. That 5-5, wow, that game was crazy, he says, shaking his head. We took the lead so many times and they kept coming back at us. It was a crazy experience, particularly for my first time playing at Anfield. We should have won, though. We deserved to. But we turned it around last season and I can see this semi-final being just as tight. We always seem to draw Liverpool in the Carabao Cup and all of the games seem to be crackers. I can see it being another enjoyable game. So far this season, I really enjoyed playing in the West Brom and Wimbledon games, he continues. I love getting my goal against West Brom, my first in the competition. They had a young team, but you can only play what's in front of you, as they say. We need to take the performances from all the games we've played in the competition into this game against Liverpool. Bukeo's last match at Emirates was bittersweet, as he scored the opening goal in the agonising 2-1 defeat to Manchester City, part of a team who performed so admirably, despite the defeat. Going right back to the start of the season, Bukeo knows we can draw inspiration from the impressive progress we've made since that particularly difficult beginning to 2021-22. Losing the first three games in the league was really difficult, he admits but we've had difficult moments as a team and it shows how together we are and how much we believe in the manager and his way of playing. 
We are a really together group and that's what gets us through those situations. The manager was vital for us to get through that. We never stopped believing in the way he wants us to play and he gave us so much confidence and belief. We knew that if we did the things he was saying to us, we would start winning and we worked on things every day on the training pitch until we started to get the results. Bukeo is also keen to emphasise how Mikel has been a key part of his rapid development over the last few seasons. I've played a lot of positions since I came in the team, says the England international, who played left-back in that first League Cup assignment against Nottingham Forest. So I think overall on the pitch I've learned a lot, but also tactically, the little things the boss wants me to do, and the little details that coaches don't always give you. He's helped me a lot. We have a lot of other coaches here who help us and get across Mikel's message too and we work with them and Mikel to find ways to improve. It's a joint effort and I think that's why we are all improving. Personally, I'm always trying to improve, learning things and take them to the next game. It's always like that. If I ever think I'll just enjoy my form, that improvement's going to stop. Bukeo's work with our coaching staff and constant desire to improve now make him one of the Premier League's outstanding young forward players. Renowned for his versatility, but starring from the right wing most frequently now. Which position would he say he enjoys the most? Right wing, he says emphatically. It's where I feel the most comfortable and where I feel I can be most effective. Versatility helps though, and at the end of the day, football's a team sport. And if you are needed by your team in a different position, you have to do your best there. Do a job. I'm trying to put in a lot of performances that are consistent. I want to influence each game I play in and try and chip in with more goals and assists. Help my team in the final third, which is where games are won. So what of this season? Can we continue our fight for a position in the top four? If Pakeo's determination is anything to go by, it feels like we have every chance. Everyone knows how big Arsenal are as a club and that we deserve to be in the Champions League and it's our mission and our goal to achieve that this season, he insists. Anything's possible. A lot of people at the start of the season, when we lost our first three games, were saying to me that it wasn't looking good for us. But things look better now. We have to stay humble right now, though. We're on a good run of form, but this is the Premier League, and you have to be humble, like I said. Keep coming into training every day with the right attitude. Everyone wants to win a trophy, and it's a big task, but we're really pushing for the top four this year, and I'm sure if things stay as they are, and we keep playing like this, there's a chance. Finally, the tangible progress being made on the pitch is a combination of talent, belief, determination, application, and all of the other ingredients that go into making a successful team. But let's not forget about enjoyment, and just how much this group of young players love being together, and the strong bond that has created. The vibes around the changing room and around the club are great, says Bukeo. We just want to continue that through the rest of the season. There's a lot of energy amongst us, but with all the Covid precautions we have to be a bit careful celebrating and interacting. But it's always a fun changing room to come into every day. Lots of laughter and jokes. I love it. Bukeo Fact File Born Ealing, September 5th, 2001
joined as a full-time scholar in July 2018. Previous clubs, none. Debut versus Vorskla Potolva, away. Europa League, November 29, 2018. 1-3-0. First goal versus Eintracht Frankfurt, away. Europa League, September 19, 2019. 1-3-0. Arsenal Honours, FA Cup winner 2020. Community Shield winner 2020. England caps 14, 4 goals. Bukeo on playing for England. An England international at under 16, 17, 18, 19 and 21 levels, Bukeo made his first full debut for Gareth Southgate's team against Wales on October 8, 2020 and now has 14 caps. He has already been on the score sheet four times. In terms of being packed with youthful talent, the England setup certainly has similarities with Arsenal. So what's it like playing for his country compared to his club? There's a big difference, says Bukeo, who played in four matches at Euro 2020. Football's a team sport, and when you play with your club and internationally, the teams are completely different, so you have to adapt to the other players and understand what they like, create a good chemistry with them. So that's the main difference. But both dressing rooms are young, quite bubbly with good vibes, so the feelings in the dressing rooms isn't too different, to be honest. Did you know, Bukeo went to the same school as Paul Merson, Greenford High School. Bukeo could be playing at AFCON now. Before opting to play for England, he also qualified to play for Nigeria. If Bukeo could be one movie star, he'd be Will Smith but he also loves Marvel films. He says his favourite current song is Peru by Fireboy DML and Ed Sheeran. Red, white and green. Sustainability focus. Arsenal Football Club has a vision to lead the sporting community in a quest to a more sustainable future. And the match day programme is taking the lead. Working with Carbon Link in Kenya, this season's issue is offsetting the emissions generated during the programme production process, creating the Arsenal Forest in Africa. Carbon Link has estimated we need to plant 12,500 trees, each absorbing 20 kilograms of carbon dioxide over the next 10 years. The programme is also sponsoring small environmental projects around the club, as well as encouraging young fans and staff members to tell us about their green credentials. We are also highlighting our printer's environmental efforts. In addition, in each programme we showcase significant club-wide projects being undertaken as part of our drive to greater sustainability. Bishop's Backing Arsenal's programme print partner, Bishop's Printers, are considered one of the most environmentally conscious printers in the UK. Here we highlight their sustainability credentials. Bishop's produce a vast range of print jobs, from 100,000 plus print runs to individually personalised, single edition prints. For the numerous bespoke smaller jobs the company take on, delivery has recently shifted to dual-fuel vans in an effort to drive down the company's carbon footprint. 
Sustainable timber. The Arsenal forest will absorb carbon in a sustainable forest, which will ultimately be used for timber that can be regenerated once the forest is established. The timber is a hugely valuable resource in Kenya. In the long term, once the trees are harvested, the project will deliver a significant long-term financial benefit to the entire community. Arsenal Forest in the Community The primary purpose of the Arsenal Forest project is to plant trees that over time will absorb carbon from the atmosphere and convert it into timber to compensate for the resources consumed in the making of this programme. The good news is that now the seasonal rains have come, planting is well underway, but the great advantage of the scheme is that it is delivering well-paid work to a wide section of the Bore community at a time when good earning opportunities are very scarce. At the last count, over 150 families have received some kind of employment under the initiative. Our 60-strong team of female nursery workers meet regularly to allocate the different tasks and to ensure that everyone gets a fair share of the employment. Most of the women use the cash they earn to pay for school fees or to buy food for their families. And there are plenty of other jobs associated with the nursery. For example, Musa Safari is in charge of nursery security. The work he receives enables him to feed and school his wife and their nine children. Billy Mare is a builder. He is being employed to construct the entrance gateway to the Arsenal Forest. It's a special assignment for Billy, who, like Musa, is a lifelong gooner. Finally, Michael Jeffwa is the local head teacher in Boré. He is also the project photographer and has taken pretty much every Arsenal Forest image shown in this programme. In his spare time, he helps train the local football team too. Programme Upcycling Scheme Any programmes that we don't sell have traditionally been offered to our community projects as valuable resources. However, we would be more than happy to let supporters get involved in this upcycling if they have a charity, school or community venture that could benefit from old issues and have the means to be able to collect them from the stadium. Please drop us an email to programme at arsenal.co.uk outlining where and why you would like to use the old programmes and we'll be in touch. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received a number of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. Thanks so much for getting involved in this exciting project. We want to expand our 12.5 acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 trees for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small, sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what an excellent gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Go to www.carbonlink.org forward slash the dash arsenal dash forest dash in dash Africa for more information and details of how to be part of our forest. On the right road, we're aiming to be top of the sustainability league table. 
At the start of this season, we started to tell our story of our road to becoming a more sustainable football club. Those of you who are regular readers will, hopefully, have enjoyed seeing the steps that your club is taking. But the road to being more sustainable and the ultimate goal of becoming carbon neutral and carbon net zero is a long one. Those of you unfamiliar with those terms, they have very similar meanings, being that a company is removing as much carbon from the environment as they are putting in. This can be done in several ways, but with the same target, to try to prevent the damage caused to our planet by our business activities. To be truly carbon net zero, Arsenal must actively reduce its emission year on year, for being carbon net zero isn't a one-off transaction. It is a commitment that affects every part of the club. Like trying to win football matches and be the best team in the league, it isn't achieved overnight, and it isn't completed with one trophy. To start the whole journey, we need to know what our emissions are now. That is done by calculating the carbon footprint. The carbon footprint looks at emissions caused during day-to-day operations, including gas and electricity. Beyond that, travel by players, fans and the business in general also needs to be considered. There are many other activities that cause emissions that we will also need to measure. Once the footprint is complete, we know where we are starting from and where we want to go. That's the easy bit. How we get there is the tricky part. There aren't solutions for everything and technology is forever changing. We need to be looking at how we can improve, how we can push to become a more sustainable club. We will be looking at our gas and electricity consumption in great detail and looking at further ways we can reduce those. We have already started this process and, working closely with our friends at Octopus Energy, we will be making changes across all our sites. Carbon emissions aren't the only contributor to the issues we're seeing around the planet. You may have read about the work we have been doing with the waste across the club in previous matchday programmes. We will continue to do this and are seeking ways to further reduce our waste. The Waste Hierarchy, a guidance towards better waste management, states that we should be reducing our waste first, before reusing and then finally recycling. So a robust recycling system is great, but we need to do better in reducing our waste volume and be better at reusing products, moving away from the single-use products that fill our shops and litter our streets. Our reusable pint cup, which we introduced with our beer partner Camden Town Brewery, was a great starting point as we tried to move away from just recycling. We are looking at how we can apply this model across our club. What is so exciting about this journey is that we aren't on it on our own. Arsenal is a global family and we can all play our part. Our fans, our partners, our staff and our suppliers all need to come together to achieve something that we can all be proud of. As with the performance on the pitch, we want to be the best. Arsenal is built on solid foundations of being innovative, creative and pushing the boundaries. Sustainability is being met with the same attitude. The days are long gone when we can sit back and do nothing, and sitting back and doing nothing isn't in our DNA. Eco.
Eco-Gunners. We ask young Arsenal supporters to tell us how they are helping the planet. In this issue, Alex, who is eight and from Essex, tells us what he's been doing at home and in his local area too. As well as litter picking, I also help my parents recycle our household waste and always take reusable bags when we go out shopping, says our young green gunner. I also planted wildflower seeds in a small patch of our garden this year to attract bees and other wildlife. That's fantastic work, Alex. Octopus Energy, our official energy supplier and who are supporting the club on its sustainability journey, are sending you a cuddly octopus. Consider it an extra Christmas present. We are running very low on your entries now, but we know there are lots of young Arsenal fans who are trying to be more sustainable. So if you are thinking about the environment, we need to hear from you. Email juniorgunners at arsenal.co.uk now. If we feature you in the programme, our friends at Octopus will send you a cuddly octopus too. Staff Support Every issue of the programme, we find out what Arsenal staff are doing to become more sustainable. Arsenal Women Programme Editor Michael Donlevy has made the most of the lockdowns to change his working methods. I work freelance and used to travel from the very tip of northwest London to either central London or Highbury House every day. But I haven't been sat in a traffic jam since March 2020. Working from home, partly for childcare reasons as my wife works for the NHS, has really helped me to change my bad habits too. I no longer have a printer, so I don't waste paper. I hate wasting energy to the point where I only boil the water I need and keep lights off. And I'm better at recycling. My kids make sure of that. History. Lee Cup Legacy. Arsenal historian John Sperling highlights five memorable matches between the Gunners and Liverpool in this competition. Littlewoods Cup Final, Sunday, April 5th, 1987, Wembley. Arsenal 2, scorer Nicholas, 30 and 83. Liverpool 1, scorer Roche, 23. Following an eight-year trophy drought, the Gunners finally won silverware once more in typically dramatic style as they defeated Kenny Dalglish's men at Wembley. A month after George Graham's side fought back to win against Tottenham at White Hart Lane in the semi-final replay, they saw Ian Rush put Liverpool into the lead after 23 minutes, which, for 144 previous matches, had always meant that his team would avoid defeat. It's such a familiar sight, said Barry Davis after the Welshman calmly slotted his shot past John Lucic. But Graham's young guns refused to bow to the seemingly inevitable and fought back seven minutes later. Following a melee in the Liverpool box after a gunner's free kick, Charlie Nicholas hit the post before the ball was drilled back across to him by Viv Anderson, and he calmly side-footed Arsenal's equaliser. With Arsenal looking increasingly comfortable in the second half, George Graham threw on substitute Perry Groves in the 73rd minute, and the winger slipped the ball past Liverpool defender Gary Gillespie. His pass set up Charlie Nicholas to tap the winner past Bruce Grobbelar, courtesy of a hefty deflection off Ronnie Whelan. 
As skipper Kenny Sanson lifted the trophy aloft, jubilant Arsenal fans chanted, Arsenal are back, Arsenal are back, whoa, whoa, late into the sunny afternoon. Rombolo's Cup, third round, Wednesday, November 2nd, 1988, Anfield. Liverpool 1, scorer, Barnes 66. Arsenal 1, scorer, Rowcastle 72. Replay, Wednesday, November 9th, 1988, Ivory. Arsenal 0, Liverpool 0. Second replay, Wednesday, November 23rd, 1988, Villa Park. Liverpool 2, scorers, McMahon 61, Aldridge 87, Arsenal 1, scorer, Merson 26. After 300 breathless minutes of football, Kenny Dalglish's reigning champions finally got the better of Arsenal, but not before George Graham's men pushed them every inch of the way. At Anfield, the Gunners missed several chances before John Barnes's slaloming run and finish put Liverpool ahead. In the second half, David Rowcastle's excellent goal from the edge of the Liverpool box gained Arsenal a deserved draw, and if Brian Marwood's effort hadn't been harshly ruled out, Graham's side might even have returned to London with a midweek victory. A week later, in front of a 54,029 crowd, Highbury's largest of the season, a tense encounter ended goalless with Lee Dixon's last-ditch tackle on Peter Beardsley, denying Liverpool a winner. In the second replay at Villa Park, Paul Merson's angled finish gave Arsenal a deserved lead. But goals from Steve McMahon and a late winning effort from John Aldridge saw Liverpool into the next round. Ultimately, Liverpool's class shone through. But Arsenal's performance prompted ex-Liverpool midfielder Graham Souness's Men Against Boys tabloid article which Graham used to motivate his players before the 2-0 win at Anfield in May 1989. Littlewoods Cup, third round, Wednesday, October 25th, 1989, Highbury. Arsenal 1, scorer, Smith 80, Liverpool 0. In the two clubs' first encounter since Arsenal's historic 2-0 victory at Anfield in May, which saw the First Division Championship return to N5 for the first time in 18 years, George Graham's side once again got the better of Kenny Dalglish's men in an end-to-end clash at Highbury. Liverpool always looked dangerous on the counter-attack, but a precision Arsenal move finally won the game for the hosts in front of a 40,814 crowd. From deep within his own half, striker Paul Merson pinged an unerringly accurate ball towards forward Niall Quinn, whose cushioned header fell perfectly into the path of striker Alan Smith, who'd come on as a substitute for Martin Hayes. Smith's form had been patchy since the start of the season, with just two goals under his belt. He needed a confidence boost. Keeping his composure, the gunner's centre-forward slotted the ball under Bruce Grobelar's despairing dive to steer Arsenal into the next round, where they'd come a serious cropper against Joe Royal's emerging Oldham team. Carling Cup, fourth round. Wednesday, October 28th, 2009, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal 2, scorers, Merida 19, Bentner 50, Liverpool 1, Insua 26. Arsene Wenger's side edged out Liverpool as they forced their way into the next round of the Carling Cup. In a thoroughly absorbing tie, Spanish midfielder Fran Merida buried an 18-yard shot to put the home side firmly in the driving seat 
against Rafa Benitez's team. Wenger played several youngsters in the match, including Craig Eastman and Kieran Gibbs, and Eastman, now at Sutton United, played a key role in setting up Morita for his goal. Emiliano Insua equalised with a superb dipping 25-yard effort, but Arsenal piled on the pressure in the second half. Danish striker Niklas Bentner latched on to a Gibbs pass to drill home Arsenal's winner high into the roof of Liverpool goalkeeper Calvieri's net. Overall, it was a game of top quality, with two teams who really went for it, played at a high pace, enthused Wenger afterwards. EFL Cup fourth round, Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Anfield, Liverpool 5. Goal scorers, Mustafi, own goal 6. Milner, penalty 43. Oxlade-Chamberlain, 58. Origi, 62 and 90. Arsenal 5. Torreira, 19. Martinelli, 26 and 36. Maitland-Niles, 54. Willock, 70. Liverpool won 5-4 on penalties. With both sides fielding much-changed lineups, a capacity Anfield crowd saw an archetypal cup classic unfold in front of them. A shock run Mustafi's own goal gave the host the lead, before Unai Emery's men scored three times in less than 20 minutes, thanks to Lucas Torreira's goal and a brace from Gabriel Martinelli, whose second was set up superbly by Bukayo Saka. James Milner reduced the deficit to 3-2 from the penalty spot, before Mesut Ozil's quick thinking enabled Ainsley Maitland-Niles to side-foot the ball home to put the Gunners 4-2 up. A rocket from outside the box by former gunner Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain flew past Emiliano Martinez in the Arsenal goal, and then a smart turn and shot from Divock Origi tied the scores at 4-4. After 70 minutes, Joe Willock's pile driver from 30 yards appeared to have won the game for Emery's men. But the long leg of Origi once again came up trumps deep into injury time to take the game to penalties. Both sides scored their opening three penalties in the shootout before Arsenal substitute Danny Ceballos saw his effort kept out by Liverpool keeper Komiinhin Keller. Local boy Curtis Jones scored the decisive spot kick to put Liverpool through, with Gunners boss Unai Emery expressing a mixture of pride and disappointment with the result. Community Voice Arsenal in the community engages more than 5,000 participants every week. Each issue, we hear about one of our projects from their perspective. James is an 18-year-old from North London who is an Arsenal student in BTEC Level 3 Sports Coaching and Sports Science. I always wanted to join a course centred around sport, particularly football, and I didn't need much convincing to go to school at Arsenal. Mainstream education didn't suit me, and I was desperate for another option so I could be dedicated to something I genuinely enjoyed doing. Arsenal was that opportunity. I started in September 2020, and Covid meant we had a mix of online and small group face-to-face delivery, 
Even then, everyone on the course, especially the Arsenal staff, made us feel welcome and comfortable in our new environment. And it was still exciting, because it was unlike anything we'd done before. There are opportunities on offer through that focus on sport, such as the Adidas City Run and supporting Talent ID festivals at Arsenal's Youth Academy. And my highlight has to be the chance to play on the Emirates pitch. The thing that will surprise you most about being an Arsenal student is how much the staff care for you as an individual, not just a student. They're willing to help both in and out of college. You spend most of your time at the Arsenal Hub, so you end up being very familiar with everyone at Arsenal in the community. Working with them on events is great because they're organised, helpful and encouraging. Being part of the scheme has allowed me to enjoy learning, which isn't something I thought I'd ever say. Coming to Arsenal, I found a more interactive curriculum encouraged me to pursue my own learning and higher education, and I've just submitted my application for university. When you coach and interact with your peers, you gain confidence and leadership qualities. Gaining confidence in my own potential has made all the difference in my personal life as well as my education. The confidence has allowed me to open doors for myself that I never thought were possible. I support Arsenal and my family supports Arsenal, so being a part of the club that has been the goal from day one and to see the club's influence being used to help people on and off the pitch makes me proud to be both a student and a supporter. I'd recommend the course to anyone who loves football, coaching and wants to enjoy education. If you were to get the chance to join the course, it should be your first choice. For more information, contact Martin Davis, email mdavis at arsenal.co.uk or visit arsenal.com slash thearsenalstudent. The photographs in the print version of this article have the caption James in action coaching youngsters as part of his Arsenal education. Arsenal Women. News and reports from England's most successful women's football team. Welcome, Stina. We are delighted to announce the signing of Sweden international forward Stina Blackstenius last week. The 25-year-old striker, who will wear the number 25 shirt, has joined us following the expiry of her previous deal with Swedish side BK Hacken. Stina won two Swedish league titles and three Swedish cups across stints with Hacken and Linköpings FC in her home country, finishing the 2021 season as the top scorer in the domestic league. At international level, Stina helped Sweden to successive silver medals at the 2016 and 2020 Olympic Games and was part of the side that finished third at the 2019 World Cup. It feels amazing to be here. I'm so happy to join such a big and great club like Arsenal, said Stina. I got a really good first impression about this club. They play really good football and I wanted to be part of that. I feel like I can become a better player in this environment. We're delighted to have signed Stina, said head coach Jonas Eideval. She is a world-class talent who will add even more quality to our team. 
Her game is well suited to the style we are implementing here at Arsenal, and I'm confident that she will take her game to an even higher level here with us. It's great to have you here in London, Steena. And welcome Laura. Hot on the heels of Steena's arrival, the club were delighted to welcome Austrian defender Laura Weinreuther to Arsenal. Laura, who is 23 years old, joined us from Frauen Bundesliga side TSG 1899 Hoffenheim and will wear the number 26 shirt. Born in January 1999, Laura played for Union Kleinmünchen, SV Nulenbach and SKN St. Polten in her native Austria before making the switch to Germany and Hoffenheim in 2018. A debut appearance for the Austria national team followed in 2019, with Laura now having won 12 international caps. It's an incredible feeling for me, said Laura. I'm really happy to be here and to have the opportunity, and I'm looking forward to being with the team. When I first heard about Arsenal's interest, I couldn't believe it, and I still can't believe it. It's excellent news that we have signed Laura, said head coach Jonas Eideval. We've been very impressed by her defensive performances this season, both at club and international level, and we believe she can make a big contribution here at Arsenal. Welcome, Laura. We hope you have a long and fruitful career with us. Reading match postponed. Sadly, Sunday's Barclay FA Women's Super League fixture against Reading had to be postponed after the Football Association approved a request from Reading. A revised date for the fixture will be announced in due course. All tickets will remain valid for the rearranged fixture, but the club will refund any ticket holders who were unable to attend on the revised date. It is likely that a new match day programme will be produced for the fixture, but collectors can find a copy of the issue for the postponed game on our programme portal at programme.arsenal.com. Anna joins Villa. We want to wish plenty of good luck to Anna Patton, who has joined Aston Villa on loan until the end of the season. Anna joined Arsenal aged 12, working her way up through the academy before making her first team debut in 2016. She then spent four years playing in the USA while studying for her degree. The defender rejoined us a year ago and has now made 31 appearances and scored two goals for the club. And we look forward to seeing how she gets on during this next stage in her development. Academy, young gun. Henry Timmy Davies. The basics. Name, Henry Timmy Davies. Born, Hackney, 27th of November, 2004. Joined, 1st of July, 2021. Height and weight, 6 foot 2 inches, 74 kilograms. Position, winger. School, Bishop Justice, St. Bede's College. It's going really well for me this season. I'm scoring goals, giving assists and playing my part for the team. My goal was to become an important player for the under-23s. I think I ticked that box, so now I want to develop myself even more and get a taste of first-team football. I joined Arsenal from Manchester City back in March earlier this year and already I feel like I've really settled into the club and been made to feel so welcome. 
It was a massive change for me leaving a club that I've been at since I was 13 years old. But it's not the first time I've had to make a big decision like this. And it's a change that I've needed for my own development as a player and as a person. Only the other day I was thinking about how I first got into academy football and how I had to leave everything behind as a 13-year-old to move up to Manchester. I started playing football during lunch break at school with my friends and I didn't take it too seriously because I didn't know much about the sport back then in year five. It was just fun to me. But then I got called up to my school team and one of my friend's parents came over to ask if I wanted to join their Sunday team. I joined and over the next two or three seasons, I started to realise that football is something I wanted to take seriously because I was pretty good. By this stage I was representing Kent at county level and Bromley at district level and I was scoring more than 40 goals a season as a striker for my Sunday team. We reached three cup finals that same year. I scored in all three and at the end I found out that Manchester City were watching me in all of them. I couldn't believe it. I'd never been there before in my life and I had no idea what to expect but my mum was there to support me every step of the way and made the move up to Manchester with me. To be honest, I really didn't think being scouted was that big a deal until I told a few of my friends about it and they were so proud of me and telling me that it's such a big achievement. That's when it really hit me. Seeing what that moment meant to my friends and family who have always backed me. It gave me a different perspective. It was daunting having to restart life in Manchester but I feel like it was so beneficial for me. Before moving away I'd never been on a plane before or visited another country. So when we went on tour to Latvia for a youth tournament, it was an amazing experience and something I'll never forget. It really challenged me and put me out of my comfort zone, which is so important as a kid. I'm so much more social as a result. Of course, it was hard at times and I missed London and I struggled with the accent at times too. But it was worth it and I feel like I'm better today because of it. I'm a winger. So during my time up there I spent a lot of time watching the first team and admiring the likes of Leroy Sane and Raheem Sterling for their movement and runs in behind. I love Riyad Mahrez too and I think he's so underrated. The way he controls the ball, his first touch is just always spot on and his technique is ridiculous too. He takes so much care in everything he does and I think people often forget just how good he is because City have so many talented attackers. In terms of my decision to join Arsenal, it was a fairly simple one. Chelsea and some other Premier League clubs were interested too, but the thing that appealed to me most about Arsenal was their track record of giving young players opportunities and turning them into professionals, regardless of whether it's here or elsewhere in the Premier League or Football League. That really inspired me. Now it's all about working hard every single day and earning the trust of my coaches so that I can become a regular for the under-18s and eventually make the step up to the under-23s. Maybe one day, the first team too. Around the academy. Under-21s one step closer to Wembley. Kevin Betts's under-21s produced a fabulous performance in front of close to 2,000 people at Emirates Stadium on Tuesday, January the 11th to reach the quarter-finals of the Papa John's Trophy. The 4-1 victory over Chelsea under-21s was well-deserved and started in the best possible style with a close-range goal from James Olienka after just 10 minutes. Succumbing to injury shortly after, the midfielder had given us the perfect platform. The visitors Xavier Mbayamba 
was then sent off after bringing down Mika Birath, who was through on goal. But Chelsea still managed to find an equaliser through Jaden Wareham. But Birath sent us into the break ahead, coolly converting a Mazid Agumbo cross, and in the second half, we made our numerical advantage pay as Omari Hutchinson produced a sublime curling effort from the edge of the box before Marcelo Flores marked his debut at this level with a sweetly struck fourth. Both Amari and Marcelo showed they were literally head over heels with joy as they executed acrobatic celebrations. The academy's first match after the Christmas break took place on the south coast as the under-23s drew 1-1 at Brighton on Friday, January 7th. Warming up for his Papa John's heroics, Beerus scored our goal after just 10 minutes, firing home across the keeper after great hold-up play by Joel Idaho. Dangerous Swiss forward Lauren Tollage pulled Brighton level before the break, in a match that also saw Ove Ejere save impressively from Tollage, while the gunners Mauro Bandiera and Oli Inca come close to a winner in the second half. The under-18s, meanwhile, started 2022 in the best possible way, with a win over Tottenham on Saturday, January the 8th. The visitors to London Colney had a goal disallowed after just two minutes, but the Gunners were ahead soon after. Charles Sago Jr. finding the bottom left-hand corner from 20 yards out. Sago Jr. then turned provider, picking out Keon Edwards, who sent us into half-time two goals to the good. Things quickly swung back Spurs' way in the second half, with Thomas Bloxham and Jaden Williams hitting a quick-fire double to level the match at 2-2. But Dan Mitch's side wouldn't be denied, and following a James Sweet cross, Edwards grabbed his second to claim the bragging rights in North London. Wigan in the quarter-final Following the Gunners' win over Chelsea, we will play Wigan Athletic in the quarter-final of the Papa John's Trophy. The only under-21 team left in the competition, we will play at the DW Stadium Wigan on Tuesday, January 25th with a 7pm kickoff. The other three ties in the last eight are Hartlepool United versus Charlton Athletic, Rotherham United versus Cambridge United, Sutton United versus Harrogate Town. The quarter-final and semi-final fixtures will go to penalties if they are level after 90 minutes. There is no extra time. The final of the competition, which is scheduled to take place at Wembley, will feature extra time should it be required. Dates for both the semi-final and final have yet to be finalised. Harry Zahibi Following a successful loan spell at Ross County in the first half of the season, Harry Clark has joined fellow SPL outfit Hibernian for the rest of 2021-2022 and next season too. The famous Edinburgh club snapped up the 20-year-old who can play across the defence and in midfield too, showing his attacking prowess with three goals and two assists during his 17 games at Ross County. Harry has very good technical attributes in both attacking and defensive actions, and I'm really pleased we've been able to secure him for the club, said Hibs manager Sean Maloney, who played against Arsenal during his time at Celtic, Aston Villa and Wigan. He will bring an exciting energy and speed in both areas, and I have no doubt he'll be a big asset for us going forward. In speaking to him, I know how hungry he is to succeed and be a part of this club 
and over the coming days I'm very much looking forward to working with him. Harry played for the Arsenal first team in a pre-season friendly away to Hibs in the summer and will join up with former Gunners goalkeeper Matt Macy at Easter Road. All the best for your loan spell, Harry. Omar's Adventure Arsenal Academy's Omar Rekic is representing the Arsenal Academy out in Cameroon at the African Cup of Nations with Tunisia. The defender, who turned 20 last month, already has a senior cap for his country and is one of two Premier League-based players in the Tunisia squad, along with Manchester United's Hannibal Medjbri. Omar wasn't involved in the Eagles of Carthage first game, a 1-0 defeat against Mali, but did come on for the last 10 minutes of their crucial 4-0 win over Mauritania on Sunday. Tonight, Tunisia play their final fixture against Gambia when a win will guarantee their qualification for the last 16. Visitors, Liverpool, by Mike Hammond. Formed, 1892. Nickname, The Reds. Owner, Fenway Sports Group. Stadium, Anfield. 53,394 Honours League Champions times 19 FA Cup winners times 7 League Cup winners times 8 Community Shield winners times 15 European Cup or Champions League winners times 6 UEFA Cup winners times 3 Club World Cup winners times 1 Liverpool find themselves drawn against Arsenal in the Carabao Cup for the third season in a row, though this is their first visit in that sequence to Emirates Stadium, the previous two ties having been both settled at Anfield by penalty shootout in the fourth round, 5-4 in Arsenal's favour last season after a goalless stalemate, and by the same margin for Liverpool in 2019-20 after a remarkable 5-5 draw. There was no little drama at Anfield in this season's quarter-final against Leicester City just before Christmas. A day after Arsenal had comfortably overcome Sunderland, Jurgen Klopp's team were taken all the way to another penalty shootout, which they won, again by a 5-4 margin, after they had recovered from being 2-0 and 3-1 down to equalise in the fifth minute of stoppage time through Takumi Minamino's fourth goal of the competition. The Japanese forward had been on target twice as Liverpool eliminated Norwich with a 3-0 win at Carrow Road in round three, Divokoriji scoring the other goal, and it was those two strikers who also found the net in the next round to defeat Preston North End 2-0 at Deepdale. The shootout success against Leicester has put the Merseysiders into the semi-final for the first time in five years when they'd lost both legs 1-0 to Southampton. The season before that, in 2015-16, Klopp's side were beaten finalists, and it was another story of penalty shootouts as they beat Stoke City by that method in the semi-final before losing the final on spot kicks against Manchester City following a 1-1 draw at Wembley. Manchester City's recent League Cup dominance means Liverpool are no longer the record holders of the trophy, both clubs having now lifted it eight times. The Reds' last success came a decade ago when they beat Cardiff City, yes, on penalties, after a 2-2 draw at Wembley. 
following the goalless draw in the first leg at Anfield last Thursday, in which Arsenal frustrated Klopp's men despite playing with ten men for 66 minutes, both sides will feel a place in the final is well within reach tonight, even if Liverpool would have to do it without the services of Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah, both currently at the Africa Cup of Nations. The boss, Jurgen Klopp, manager, born June the 16th, 1967, Stuttgart, Germany, previously Mainz, 2001-8, Borussia Dortmund, 2008-15. Jürgen Klopp has strengthened his reputation as one of Europe's most accomplished coaches since he arrived at Anfield in October 2015, leading Liverpool to 2018-19 UEFA Champions League glory and the club's maiden Premier League triumph the following season. The 54-year-old German oversaw three cup final defeats for the Merseysiders, the first of them on penalties in the 2016 EFL Cup showpiece against Manchester City, before finally bringing silverware to the Anfield Trophy cabinet. A seven-year spell at Borussia Dortmund peaked in 2011-12, when he won the German Bundesliga and DFB Pokal double, retaining the league title in the process. Number 14. Leading them out, Jordan Henderson, midfielder, born... Sunderland, 17th of June 1990, previously Sunderland, Coventry on loan. Now in his 11th season as a Liverpool player, Jordan won the League Cup with the Merseysiders in his debut campaign of 2011-12, following a £20 million move from his hometown club Sunderland. The 31-year-old midfielder has been the club captain since 2015, when he succeeded Stephen Gerrard and has lifted the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Super Cup, FIFA Club World Cup and, in 2020, the Premier League trophy, as well as winning 68 caps for England. Number 1. The number 1. Alisson Becker, goalkeeper, born, Novo, Hamburgo, Brazil, 2nd of October 1992, previously Internacional, Roma. Alisson's understudy, Irishman Quivin Kelleher, had starred in the Carabao Cup this season until the first leg of the semi-final, when the Brazil international was called upon for his first ever taste of the League Cup. Alisson, now in his fourth season at Anfield, typically marked the occasion with a clean sheet. A Champions League, Premier League and Club World Cup winner during his time at Liverpool, he has been used sparingly in the cup competition so far, with just one FA Cup appearance to his name, as well as last week's Carabao Cup outing. Number 26. Creator at the back, Andy Robertson, defender. Born Glasgow, 11th of March 1994. Previously, Queen's Park, Dundee United, Hull. A key contributor to Liverpool's recent triumphs at home and abroad with his pacey sorties down the left flank and inch-perfect crosses, Andy was at his creative best at the weekend, sending in a devilish cross for the second goal in the 3-0 win over Brentford at Anfield. It was his sixth assist of the season in the Premier League and 41st in league football since joining Liverpool from Hull City in 2017. The fullback was appointed as captain of Scotland in September 2018 and skippered his country last summer at Euro 2020. Number 15. 
Once a gunner, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, midfielder, born Portsmouth, 15th of August 1993, previously Southampton, Arsenal. Alex left Arsenal for Liverpool in August 2017 in a £35 million deal, having spent six seasons at Emirates Stadium, accumulating 198 first-team appearances and scoring 20 goals. A versatile midfielder with a strong shot, he was absent for over a year after sustaining serious knee ligament damage in April 2018, and although he remains on the fringes at Anfield, he has featured in all four Carabao Cup games this season and scored against Leicester in the quarter-final. He also grabbed his first Premier League goal of the season against Brentford on Sunday. Number 18, the Carabao Cup star, Takumi Minamino, forward, born Izumisano, Japan, 16th of January 1995, previously Sereto Osaka, Salzburg, Southampton, on loan. A winner of five successive Austrian Bundesliga titles with Salzburg before leaving midway through another championship-winning campaign in 2019-20, Japan international Takumi has struggled to make the grade in the Premier League, but netted at the weekend against Brentford to add to the goal he scored against Arsenal at Anfield in November. He has an excellent record in the Carabao Cup, scoring six goals in six appearances, including four in four this season. Though he was guilty of a glaring miss in injury time of the first leg last week. Number 20. The Bogeyman. Diogo Jute. Forward. Born Porto, Portugal. 4th of December 1996. Previously, Pacos de Ferreira. Atletico Madrid. Porto on loan. Wolves. Diogo has been a regular scorer for Liverpool ever since netting on his Premier League debut for the Reds against Arsenal at Anfield in September 2020. In fact, that was the first of four goals from three Premier League meetings against the Gunners, including a brace on his last visit to the Emirates last April. The Portugal international will shoulder much of the goal-scoring expectation tonight and for the next few weeks while Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah are on international duty in Cameroon at the Africa Cup of Nations. Number 80. The local lad, Tyler Morton, midfielder, born Wallasey, 31st of October 2002, previously non. A product of the Liverpool Academy, Tyler has become a first-teamer this season, making his debut in the Carabao Cup against Norwich, and his Premier League bow as a late substitute in the 4-0 home win against Arsenal in November. He was perhaps fortunate to escape with just a yellow card for the challenge that resulted in a broken leg for Leicester's Ricardo Pereira in the quarter-final, but started again for Liverpool in the FA Cup third-round win over Shrewsbury earlier this month. He was an unused sub in the first leg last week. Number 12. The Ever-Present Joe Gomez, defender, born, Catford, 23rd of May 1997, previously, Charlton Athletic. Out of action for the bulk of last season, after badly injuring his left knee while training with England, Joe has barely featured for Liverpool in the Premier League this term, though he featured in every Carabao Cup game this campaign, playing from start to finish against Norwich, Preston and Leicester, 
before coming on during the second half last week against Arsenal. Still only 24, the versatile ex-Charlton defender was an important contributor to the Reds' 2018-19 Champions League and 2019-20 Premier League triumphs. Scouting Report by Michael Cox Liverpool's first leg performance was a demonstration of their reduced goal-scoring threat without Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah. Despite playing for the majority of the game against 10 men, Jurgen Klopp's side didn't manage a shot on target until stoppage time. With those two both still away at the Africa Cup of Nations, it remains to be seen how Klopp reformats his attack. Roberto Firmino led the line at Anfield, but struggled for service against an Arsenal side that ended up playing with five defenders after Granit Xhaka's red card. Diogo Jota, the Premier League's second top goalscorer behind Salah this season, has thrived in Firmino's central role, but looked less comfortable out wide. Takumi Minamino similarly performed well at Red Bull Salzburg in a central role, but struggled to influence the game from the left of Liverpool's attack and missed a glorious late chance. A useful option would have been Duvalkarigi, Klump's perennial plan B, but the Belgian remains injured. Curtis Jones was introduced as a late substitute and may offer more creativity, while former gunner Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain also came off the bench last week and was actually used as a centre-forward in a win against Aston Villa last month. Klopp could also decide to switch to a 4-2-3-1, a system he's used relatively rarely over the past couple of seasons, but one that might suit Liverpool's attackers more than the 4-3-3, which is geared towards the style of Salah and Mane. The other threat from Liverpool's flanks, of course, comes from fullback, although neither Andy Robertson nor Trent Alexander-Arnold were at their best last week, particularly with their delivery from corners. Klopp confirmed that Alexander-Arnold was the sole Liverpool player to test positive for COVID the previous week and may have been feeling the effects. He's often been outstanding down the right in these fixtures, collecting five assists in his last five games against Arsenal. Klopp's midfield is primarily functional, but might need to offer more creativity in this game. Fabinho played the holding role last week with James Milner and Jordan Henderson pushing forward in box-to-box roles. With Thiago injured recently and Naby Keita away at the AFCON, Oxlade-Chamberlain seems the most likely player to come into the side if Klopp wishes to make changes. Defensively, Virgil van Dijk has reprised his partnership with Joel Matip after Liverpool's terrible injury problems at the bank last season. Ibrahimio Kanate has proved useful since joining in the summer, while Joe Gomez appeared from the bench last weekend and offers tremendous speed, which is crucial for playing in the high-line Klopp demands. Goalkeeper Alisson is also comfortable sweeping up behind them. Perhaps the key tactical feature in Liverpool's performance is the fact Arsenal are unlikely to sit so deep this time around and even without their main two goal-scoring threats, Liverpool offers lots of speed. Indeed, it was Suter's pace in behind that prompted the red card and changed the game last week. Did you know? 
Liverpool have reached more League Cup finals than any other team, 12, but have lost the second leg of each of their last three semi-finals in the competition, losing 1-0 each time in 2014-15 against Chelsea, in 2015-16 against Stoke and in 2016-17 against Southampton. Match action. Arsenal versus Manchester City. Arsenal 1, Manchester City 2. Arsenal scorer, Saka, 31st minute. Manchester City scorers, Mares, 57th minute penalty. Rodri, 90th minute. Saturday, January 1st, 2022. Emirates Stadium. Timeline. 31st minute. Saka finishes an excellent team move to put us ahead. 57th minute. Mares scores from the penalty spot to level. 58th minute. Martinelli hits the bar from close range. 59th minute. Gabriel is sent off for a second bookable offence. 90th minute. Rodri scores a scrappy late winner. Talking heads. Aaron Ramsdale. I felt their penalty was soft. The linesman said he didn't think it was a penalty, but then they get told to go and check it by VAR. I'm more annoyed about the fact that they didn't tell them to check ours in the first half on VAR. The referee might have said no penalty anyway, but in game time, both times it was no penalty for them and us, but he gets to go and check theirs and not ours. That's where my frustration is, the inconsistency. Albert Stevenberg We can be very proud because if you look at our process that we're in with this young team, we want to see a team that can develop, be able to compete with a top team like Man City. And in this case, I think we were the dominant team. We deserved the goal. I think we also deserved the penalty and to score at least one more than we did before half-time. When you create those chances against a team like this, you have to take them. In the second half, things changed after the sending off, but our overall performance has been very good. Facts. Gabriel's red card was the hundredth we've been shown in the Premier League. We lost at home on New Year's Day for the first time since 1985. Bukayo Saka has scored in three consecutive Premier League games. Teams For Arsenal, manager Mikel Arteta. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts, red and white hoop socks. 1. Ben Leno, goalkeeper 3. Kieran Tierney 4. Ben White 5. Tomasz Partey 6. Gabriel 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Emile Smith-Rowe 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takahiro Tomiyasu 19. Nicolas Pepe 20. Nuno Tavares 21. Callum Chambers 22. Pablo Mari 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga 25. Mohamed Elneny 26. Follerin Balogun 30. Edian Kitia, 31. Seat Kalasinak, 32. Aaron Ramsdale, goalkeeper.
33. Arthur Aconquo, goalkeeper. 34. Granit Xhaka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 87. Charlie Patino. For Liverpool, manager Jurgen Klopp, yellow shirt, shorts and socks. 1. Alisson, goalkeeper. 3. Fabinho. 4. Virgil van Dijk. 5. Abrahimo Canate. 6. Thiago Alcantara. 7. James Milner. 8. Nobi Keita. 9. Roberto Firmino. 10. Sadio Mane. 11. Mohamed Salah. 12. Joe Gomez. 13. Adrian, goalkeeper. 14. Jordan Henderson. 15. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. 17. Curtis Jones. 18. Takumi Minamino. 20. Diogo Tsuta. 21. Costas Tsimikas. 22. Loris Carrius, goalkeeper. 26. Andrew Robertson. 27. Dufo Corrigi. 32. Joel Matip. 45. Elijah Dixon Bonner. 47. Nathaniel Phillips. 49. Cade Gordon. 62. Quivin Kelleher, goalkeeper. 63. Owen Beck. 66. Trent Alexander-Arnold. 76. Nico Williams. 80. Tyler Morton. 84. Connor Bradley. 86. Harvey Blair. 89. Billy Comertio. 97. Marcello Pitaluga, goalkeeper. Referee, Martin Atkinson. Assistant referees, Liebatz, Konstantin Hatsidakis. Fourth official, David Coote. VAR official, Darren England. Additional VAR official, Gary Bezik. The Arsenal Foundation. Helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. No room for racism. racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere and we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination but we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League, Arsenal. Emirates, Arsenal official partner, travel with peace of mind, fly better. There's no hiding our smiles, even with our masks on. Some things may have changed, but our warm welcome is still the same. Fly with us to your next destination with peace of mind, knowing our highly trained cabin crew are there to look after your comfort and safety all the way. Fly safer with Emirates. Akagera National Park, Rwanda. Your safari awaits. Visit Rwanda, official tourism partner of Arsenal Football Club. 
Plan your journey at www.visitrwanda.com. Instagram and Twitter at visitrwanda underscore now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 